Welcome to Pebbles of Light. I'm your host, Anne Maxson. Have you ever felt a bit lost during the dark times of life's challenges? I know I have. I'm so grateful for those friends, loved ones, and even strangers that have provided me a pebble of light in the form of understanding and support. They've blessed my life, sometimes even more than they know. Seeing a little bright spot on the path has helped me to move forward when things are difficult. This show is here to celebrate those who add light to our lives. We will share some of their stories as well as ways in which to light the paths of others. Please come find me on Instagram and Facebook at Pebbles of Light, as well as at ammaxson.com. I love having the opportunity to interact with you and hear about those who've added a pebble of light to your path. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 18 of Pebbles of Light. I'm grateful for the chance to talk to YouTuber and author Melinda Clayville today. With her living in American Samoa, I wasn't sure how the timing would work for our interview. For me, it was dusk, and for her, it was the middle of a bright and sunny afternoon. Before we get into it, here's a quick word from this week's sponsor. This week's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've always been a strong proponent of counseling services. Even in my professional career as a pharmacist, I've felt that the effects of any medication to help with anxiety or depression can only improve when it's paired with participation and counseling. But I get it. Sometimes there are barriers to being able to go to a counselor, whether that's finding time or figuring out the cost. BetterHelp strives to make counseling affordable, accessible, and convenient. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. If after meeting with your therapist, you don't feel it's a good fit, it is easy and free to change. They even offer financial aid if needed and have a very special offer for Pebbles of Light listeners. Get 10% off your first month when you go to betterhelp.com pebbles. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash pebbles. And now back to the show. Let's review last episode's pebble. It was to identify something in your life that you've been thinking about as a sacrifice that you can change to think of as an investment. I found myself talking about this idea to so many people. I hope it's helped change your way of thinking at least a little bit. All right, on to this week's guest. Melinda Clayville and I met a few years ago while in the same church congregation. I still remember her talking to me about their desire to live a simpler, more minimalist life. Weeks later, she shared that their family was going to be somewhat spontaneously moving to American Samoa for a couple of years. It has now been over four years since that conversation, and they are still there. A few years ago, they started sharing their adventures through blogging and YouTube. I hope you enjoy this conversation about the blessings of slowing things down a bit and seeking a simpler life. I'm so grateful to have Melinda Clayville from AmSamFam here with me today on the podcast. And Melinda, do you want to give a little bit, bit of background about you and about your family and why you are the AmSamFam? Sure. Let's see. Where do I start? I've got three kids, daughter and two sons, and we are AmSamFam. That's the name of our brand, and it stands for American Samoa Family. So might sound kind of weird because we are not from American Samoa. We are not Samoan. We are from mainland U.S., but we moved here to American Samoa a few years ago, and we just immediately fell in love with this place and really took, we really made the effort to get out and explore and just to really get to know the history and the culture and the whole island itself. So we decided to start sharing our adventures and our life here on the island. My husband, Nate, he's the one who came up with the name. I had told him some names and he's like, how about Am Sam Fam? Like, done. I love it. 
<laughs> Perfect. We are AmSam fan, and we just share our adventures around our island and what life is like here. So what was the process that you ended up there? How did you end up moving? <laughs> it's a great story. So we have to go back a little ways. My husband grew up in L.A., and for some reason, they went to a Samoan ward in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so he was just surrounded by Polynesian people, Samoans and Tongans. He spent his childhood, you know, with these friends and just really, really grew to love the Polynesian people. He always wanted to live somewhere in the South Pacific. Fast forward years and years later, we are married. We've got kids. We're living in Idaho. And, you know, he had a good job. Life was good, but we just felt like it wasn't complete. Like there was something, there was just something off about our lives. We went just the two of us on a vacation for our 10th anniversary. We went to this little island, Roatan of Honduras, and we met this family there. It was husband, wife, and two little boys. We started talking to them, and we're like, wow, that's so cool that you brought your, your boys all the way down here for a vacation, because they were actually from Ukraine. And we are like, you know, what made you decide on this place? And they said, well, here's the thing. We're not just on vacation. This is our life. We have been traveling around for about six months now, and we just live on the road. We just move from place to place. And the moment I heard that, I just thought, that sounds incredible. I didn't know you could do that with kids. I want to do that with my kids. And so I got a little bit obsessed with this idea. <laughs> and so we came home from our vacation and we, you know, talked about this all the way home on the long flight back. And I said, we've got to find a way that we can do that. And so at the time we were living in this brand new house that we had had built. It was our little dream home and we were paying way too much for it. <laughs> and still every weekend was was spent working on the house, keeping it nice, putting in landscaping and all this stuff. And we were spending all of our time, all of our money. <laughs> and we just, it felt kind of like a prison, like this house, we got into it because we were really excited about it. And then we were stuck there. And so when we came home from this trip, we said, you know what, what would happen if we just sell our house? Let's just, let's start getting rid of some of our stuff and let's sell our house and let's try to do with less, having less, spending less. Let's see what happens there because we definitely can't travel the world when we've got a mortgage and we had credit card debt and we had student loans and we had all of this tying us down and holding us there. And so we sold our house and with, luckily it was, the market was right. And with the equity from our house, we were able to pay off all of our debt. And so all of a sudden we didn't have, you know, this anchor of the house holding us in 
one location and we didn't have this debt holding us back. You know, the money that we earned each month was ours to do what we wanted with it. And so we bounced around ideas of what we could do. Nate had a good job. And so he wasn't really ready to just quit his job and (laughs) start traveling. And who knows what, you know, what the economy would be like or what it would be like when we got back from whatever trip we took. And so he kind of vetoed the whole, let's just pack up and leave and see where the wind takes us (laughs) for the time. And so we looked at different things. We thought about, oh, we could go here and Nate could go through a master's program. Or we looked at like, there's this website work away where you can go and like work on somebody's farm and you get room and board. And so we were just looking at all these different options. We thought about getting an RV and just traveling around the States. Mm-hmm. We actually got an RV and we kind of started playing with that. And then I don't know if you remember, there was, it was the winter and it was awful. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it was Snowmageddon. Yeah, it was like weeks or I don't know, maybe not a full month, but it didn't get above zero. I remember we were at Nate's grandma's house and I turned to him and I said, Nate, this time next year, I want to be somewhere warm. Not like we went on vacation to somewhere warm, but it's time. I want to move and I want to be somewhere warm this time next year. I don't want to go through another winter like this. So that led us to thinking about, okay, let's be serious about this. Right about that time, the movie Moana came out also. It kind of lit a little fire in Nate, and it reminded him, what are we doing? Looking at all these different things. Where's the one place I've always wanted to live? Mm -hmm. It's the South Pacific. And so he started looking around. He looked... You know, there's Samoa and Tonga and some of the other islands. It's complicated with visas and everything. And so he realized, hey, there's a U.S. territory out there. (laughs) Let's look into that. I'm a U.S. citizen. This could really work. And so he reached out to a director of one of the government agencies here on the island and said, you know, this is this is my job title and these are my qualifications. Do you know of anyone who would be interested in hiring me? Well, the director wrote back and said, you're not going to make as much as you make there in the States. He said, that's okay. As long as it's a fair wage, we can live on less. We're looking for, you know, a simpler life and we are pretty minimalistic. And so we can work with that. And so the director wrote back and said, you know what? We are looking exactly for you. When can you be out here? Basically, (laughs) that's how it happened. And so within a month, Nate was here. He took off to start the job. I finished closing up and finishing everything in the States with the kids and answering all the questions of the people saying, you're moving where? I know. American Samoa. Samoa, is that like in Africa or something? <laughs> no, that's Somalia. <laughs> so, yep, that's part of it. When he realized, okay, I want to do American Samoa, he came to me and he said, 
So, Melinda, I've been thinking, how would you feel about moving to American Samoa? And that was my response. Where? I don't, I don't know where that is. Actually, you know what? I don't even care. It's out of the States. We get to do something. We get to go on an adventure. We get to let our kids experience something different. Done. Sign me up. Yeah. I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> but yes, there was a lot of where are you going and why? <laughs> How long okay. are you going to be gone? And so we came here on a two-year contract and we are about to hit four years Almost from the moment we like stepped foot onto this island, we just fell in love with it. And we love the people. We love the pace of life. And we love the island. We love the ocean. It's, it's like we came home when we came here. Oh, that's a great way to put it. I love that. So was it a hard transition? Were there things that were really difficult either for you or for the kids? Yeah, there <laughs> there have been things along the way for sure. So day one was a time difference, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, kids don't kids don't operate by the clock. They were up at like yeah. three a.m. and I'm still going. Wait, guys, I'm like jet lagged here. <laughs> but we saw a beautiful sunrise that morning. <laughs> but more than that, I'd say. The hardest adjustments here, we came here thinking this is a U.S. territory. This is American soil. And technically, that's true. But in reality, this is really a foreign country here. They speak another language. And so a lot of similarities. We have the same currency. We drive on the right side of the road. I'd say a lot of the people, maybe even most of the people here do speak some English. We've definitely been able to navigate just fine, only knowing English. But there is still some language barrier through moving here. And the kids especially have dealt with that the most through school. So I homeschooled the kids for the first year just because I didn't know about the education system here and I had heard kind of some horror stories about it. (laughs) And so it was also new to us. So I just homeschooled them for the first year. And then after that, we enrolled them into public school. And Samoan is a required subject all the way through elementary and middle school. And so the kids know way more Samoan than they <laughs> are myself. And a lot of times, especially in the younger grades, fewer of the students are fluent in English. And so a lot of the times the teachers will teach in Samoan, and that's just what they're used to, especially in the public schools here. We've had our kids in two public schools, and in both public schools, our kids have been the only, they call us Palangis, like white people. Oh, yeah. It's on uh, the movie, The Other Side of Heaven. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. So our kids in both schools, they've been the only Palangis. The teachers are just used to being able to teach in Samoan. It happened more than, than once where the kids would come home from school and I'd ask them about homework and they'd pull out this worksheet. All the instructions are in Samoan. And I'd say, well, what are you supposed to do with it? 
I don't know. She explained it in Samoan. <laughs> well, then you have to raise your hand and ask. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's definitely been a challenge and it's gotten better, but we still encounter it from time to time. Another big adjustment is to be completely honest, the climate. So we were looking for somewhere warm year round and we got it. (laughs) (laughs) What I didn't realize, I had been in hot and humid climates before, but I've never been anywhere like it is here. It is (laughs) humid to a whole different level here. (laughs) It's, and it's every day. It, you know, there is no change of seasons. The difference between summer and winter here is about five degrees. My goodness. Yeah. So it's literally hot year round. It's literally summer all year round. We don't really call it winter and summer. We've got the rainy season Okay. less rainy season <laughs> <laughs> or really you've got like cyclone season and not cyclone season <laughs> there you go and so um just as far as I'm a runner the first time I went out running I again I had these expectations in moving here I thought "Ooh, we're gonna be at sea level this is gonna be amazing I'm gonna go out there and like PR, like get my best time, and this is going to be great for my working out. The humidity is so heavy that I ran like a mile, and I was like, What is going on? I can't do this. And I didn't run for months after that. But luckily, our bodies have acclimated, and it's much better now. <laughs> there are still some days I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't I can't deal with this heat and this humidity, and I just have to go find some air conditioning somewhere. <laughs> but luckily, that's one thing that, you know, our bodies are resilient, especially the kids' bodies. They adjusted really quickly. <laughs> and And it's just part of life now. Yeah. In what ways has it been a blessing in the lives of your kids to be there? Oh, in really, really great ways. <laughs> like I said, when we were there in Idaho, before we even went on that anniversary trip, we just felt like something was not right in our lives. You know, we had the house, we had the cars, we had our kids. They were, you know, going to good schools and we had them in sports and, you know, it felt like we were doing everything right. And yet still, it just felt like this wasn't the life that we really, really wanted. And we moved here and we just slowed down and we spent more time outside. So this is another adjustment. When we first moved here, the internet was crazy slow. (laughs) Like you couldn't stream Netflix. And so we got rid of our Netflix subscription. You couldn't stream like anything. So we got rid of all of our subscriptions, our monthly subscriptions. I don't, I don't even know how many TV stations they have here, but it's mostly in Samoan. <laughs> we had a hard drive with some movies on that we would put on every once in a while. But we just, we really unplugged when we got here. And we would go out and just enjoy the island. We 
thought we were going to be here for two years. And so we said, okay, guys, every Saturday, we are going to be either at a beach or at a waterfall or a trail. We're going to be out somewhere exploring this island because we only have so many Saturdays. We basically have 100 Saturdays to do this. And so we're not going Mm -hmm. to waste any. And so we really just started reconnecting as a family and finding a new love for getting out. And my husband, he'd be working and I was homeschooling the kids. And so I would just take the kids on my own to go hiking. I never would have done that back in the States because I didn't see anybody else doing it. But here it was a whole new place and I was excited about it. I wanted to go out and explore it. And so I'd say, well, what else am I going to do? So I'd pack up the kids. We'd pack lots of snacks and lots of water. <laughs> and we would just go out and find new places to explore. Okay, so our kids are like full-on island kids now. They <laughs> go everywhere without shoes. They just live outside. They're always up a tree or in the water or just playing outside, whatever they would do inside. Not to say that they're always outside, but we have found a lot more excuses to go outside here, I guess. We've made the priority to really enjoy this island while we've been here. Yeah. The other thing that has been really great is just the opportunity to see and to experience what it's like to be the minority which is not always easy and doesn't always feel like a good thing. Some days it can be really hard and some days it can feel uh, really lonely and frustrating. But I'll tell you this, the people of American Samoa are the friendliest people I've ever met anywhere. I'm not saying there aren't friendlier people, but as a whole, (laughs) like, Day two of being here, I used to have this blog and I started writing about our experience here on the island. Day two of being here, I said, you know, I wrote about our first impressions of being here on the island and the friendly people made it on that list of like five things. It was one of the first things we noticed is we'd be walking down the road because we didn't have a car at the time, at least people would like honk and wave and hi. (laughs) Oh, hi. (laughs) And so many people would stop and say, oh, where are you going? Oh, we're going to, you know, wherever. Well, hop on in. We'll give you a ride. And, you know, especially coming from the States, I'm like, oh, scary. No, I'll keep my kids right here with me. I'm going to keep them safe. But it's just the way things are done here. And so we'd hop in the back of the truck or we'd climb into somebody's car and I'd say, well, where are you? How far are you going? Oh, I'm going to here, but don't worry about it. We'll just take you all the way. Like people were going out of their way to help us in so many ways. I mean, I could give you so many examples. The one of the times I took the kids hiking, we were looking for this trail that we had never done and there was no marking for the trailhead. there were some people over here. I went over and I asked them if they could point us in the direction of this trailhead. And 
these two teenage girls, they said, oh, here, we'll show you. I said, okay, that's nice. So we get to the trailhead and they start walking down the trail. I said, oh, don't worry. Don't worry, girls. It's okay. We, I'm sure we can find our way. They said, no, it's fine. We'll just, we'll just come hike it with you to make sure you don't get lost, to make sure you're okay. They just hiked the whole trail with us <laughs> just to help us out. And so it's just so many things like that. There's the phrase, friends are the family you choose. So we mm-hmm. don't have family out here. We are really, really far away from our family. When we moved here, we moved here knowing no one. We didn't have any connections to this place other than my husband's emotional connection. We didn't have any personal connections. We knew not a soul. And yet we just instantly found family here. I love that. So you started sharing your experiences, like you said, on the blog, and now it's kind of grown a little bit. How did, what was kind of that process of going from blog to now YouTube and there's another exciting thing coming out in about a month, a month from when we're recording. So one thing we realized really quickly when we made the decision to move down here, we started looking online for information about what it was going to be like living here. And there wasn't much. (laughs) There were a couple of, we found a couple of blog posts from these teachers who had come here as part of this program. They had come from the States to help with the teaching here on the island. And they were like five years old or something at the time. And then we found a couple of YouTube videos, like two or three YouTube videos. One that was here, and it was this guy from, I don't remember, somewhere in Europe, and he had nothing but bad things to say about this place. And one was just, it showed this family going and finding these tide pools and playing in the ocean and it looked amazing but it was like I don't think there were any words or anything it was just music behind it but we're like okay that looks awesome and then we found one that was like over in Samoa so we're American Samoa there's Samoa Samoa which is independent Samoa and it was something from over there and we thought okay they might be pretty similar (laughs) we might Get some idea of what it's like in American Samoa by watching this one. And so there was really, really no information out there about life here. And so that's really where it started with me sharing our experiences on the blog is we, the fact that we just wanted to help, <clears throat> we just wanted to be able to help people who might be looking at coming here, whether it was to move or to visit, so that they would have resources to be able to find information online to know what they were getting into, to know how they could prepare for the move or the visit, what they would need to be able to, you know, visa, passport, immunizations, all the basics. And then also, so when they got here, they could, you know, just hit the ground running. They would know where to find the grocery store, where to find the hiking trails, where the good beaches are, and all the things that we didn't know. And we had to, you know, figure out the hard way. And Mm -hmm. so it started out with that. And then we had always talked about, you know, we should really turn this into a YouTube channel, because it's so much more fun to be able to, you know, experience it along with somebody. 
but we never did. And then, so the thing that you were alluding to there was something that I thought about doing the whole time we were here, and that was writing a guidebook for the territory. There was one printed back in like the 70s or something that was so outdated that it was really not helpful anymore. And so I, you know, I kind of had it in the back of my mind, like, this is something that the territory needs and nobody else is doing it. I'm pretty good at writing. <laughs> and so I should do this one of these days. I put it off. I put it off. And then when we were getting close to the end of our two years and we thought we were going to be leaving, I thought, okay, I'm either going to do it or I'm not. If I am, I just need to go for it. Whatever it turns out, at least I'll know that I, you know, put the effort in and tried to do this. And so I started writing it. And to do that, I literally just like drove every inch of road on this island. We completed the rest of the hikes that we hadn't gotten to. I had this checklist mm-hmm. of all the things we needed to do to say that we had done it all. And I just started compiling it into this book, collected all the information yeah, about passports and visas, immunizations, what the healthcare is like here on the island, what food is available, what medical concerns, you know, like you need to watch out for this in the ocean. If you're hiking on the trails, this is what you need to watch out for. This is what to do if you get a centipede sting or anything that somebody might have to deal with. I started researching it and compiling it into this book. And so as I was finishing that up, I thought, This has been an awesome project. Let me back up. During this time, we made the decision to extend and we realized, okay, we're not going home anytime soon. This is at least semi-permanent. And so as I was finishing up the book, all the writing and compiling and everything, I said, this has been so awesome. I have loved exploring the island in this new way. I need Mm -hmm. another project like this. And so Nate said, well, we could always go for the YouTube channel. Yeah. (laughs) Which was intimidating. I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to have my face on. on (laughs) (laughs) Our kids fight too much or, you know, whatever. I had all these hesitations about doing it. And finally, I said, whatever, let's just do it. Let's go for it. Let's just let's just start putting it out there. Maybe nobody's even going to watch it. And so I don't need to worry about <laughs> my face being <laughs> out there anyway. <laughs> and and so we started it and it was really surprising. So we started this channel, same thing, really as a resource for people who were in our same situation, who were looking at moving here or visiting here. And we wanted it to be a resource so they knew what to expect. And really soon after starting it, we started getting comments on our videos uh, from people who either had lived here and moved away or their family was from here and maybe they had never even been here. And so many comments from people saying, thank you so much for showing us our island. Yeah, I Hmm. have been back for 25 years or that's, 
oh, that's my mom's village right there that you just showed. I've never actually seen it. Thank you so much for showing me my heritage and my island home. And we were really surprised (laughs) and very, very humbled by this response that we definitely had not expected. And people started saying, oh, go check out this beach or, or could you please show this village? And so we got so much feedback that we were kind of like, okay, I guess, I guess <laughs> this is a thing. <laughs> we better go all in. It was all new to me, video editing and shooting video and, you know, angles and audio and all the stuff that goes into it. But I really found this thing that I didn't know that I would like, but I have really found that I love it. It gives me a lot of fulfillment to the whole process of making the videos. And then it's such a blessing and it's just very fulfilling to know that I'm doing something that's making a difference in even one person's life, but in so many people's lives who, especially since COVID, our island has actually been shut down since last March. So we just passed at the year mark where our yeah. borders have been closed. And so there are so many people who have been, who got stuck off island. And we have had so many people saying, oh, I just, I miss it. I'm stuck here, wherever they are. I can't get back home. Thank you so much for keeping this piece of home coming into Hmm. my life. And so I can still see the places that I know and I love. And, oh, my gosh, that was my cousin you just showed. And, you know, so much of this. And so it's been really fun. But also it's felt so great to be able to help people out in this way. Yeah. And, I mean, plus the videos will be great for your kids to look back Mm. on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so true. That was part of why I started the blog in the first place was I figured it was Mm -hmm. in one way a journal of our family's experiences. And this YouTube channel has just taken it to a whole new level. It's a video journal of life and our adventures and our misadventures (laughs) and everything that we're experiencing here. Awesome. What have you learned about the benefits of living a simpler life while you've been there? You've talked a little bit about slowing down and, but as a mom, like (laughs) how has that brought you kind of a little bit of peace and calm in order to, to just move through the day? Yeah, it's a great question. First off, I'll say living a simpler life and slowing down takes effort. (laughs) It's easy to get caught up even here on the island where it's a slower pace I still sometimes find myself getting caught up like, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. And I have to remind myself that, no, you don't need to be doing any of those things. You know what you need to do? You you need to get up every morning. (laughs) You need to be there for your kids. You need to be there for your husband. You need to take care of yourself and be there for, you know, if, if somebody else is in need. But those are like the basics. Anything on top of that is something that you're choosing to put into your life. Mm-hmm. And so the, the choice to slow down 
has been an incredible blessing for us. We have prioritized, like I said, during those first two years, we were thinking we had a limited number of Saturdays. And so we prioritized spending every Saturday together as a family and doing something that, you know, making memories together as a family and doing something that we would always look back on and say, oh, remember when we lived in American Samoa and we did this or this happened and whether it was something we would laugh about or something that we would cringe at, (laughs) it was all (laughs) making memories together as a family. And like you asked, just from a mother's point of view, I have... Even though we've put our kids into school, like taking that first year homeschooling my kids, I came to understand them and came to know them in such a new and different way. And in a deeper way, I understood each one's learning style. I understood how they reacted to stressful situations in a new way and how they interacted with other people people, their peers, adults, because I was around them Mm -hmm. (laughs) 24-7. So I understood them so much better. So even now that we put them into school, when they are struggling with this thing or that thing, I know them so much better. And so not that I'm perfect and not that I always have the answer or the solution to solve their problems, but I feel like I'm better equipped to help them find a way through whatever challenge is coming and not that that takes away the challenges but hopefully it's you know helping them to be more prepared for you know the big scary world out there bigger problems that come later (laughs) yeah but where can people find out more about you and find more about family find that youtube channel where can where can the listeners find you guys Oh, well, yeah, we're definitely on YouTube. (laughs) YouTube is where we are most active and everybody can find us. You can look up Amsam Fam, all one word, or you can just look up American Samoa. And there aren't too many people doing what we're doing here. There are a few YouTube channels that have popped up since we've been here, which is great, which is awesome to get different perspectives and to to be able to see other people's experiences, but there still aren't very many. So you search Amsam Fan or you search American Samoa on YouTube and you're going to find our videos. We're on Instagram and Facebook, same thing at Amsam Fam. We've got a website, which is amsamfam.com. We're just everywhere at amsamfam. And then, yeah, the big news is that, what? let's see, it's the end of March. So next month, Our travel guidebook to American Samoa will be available on Amazon, both as an ebook and as a paperback. So whichever way you like to read your books (laughs) (laughs) or learn your information, however you like to digest your books, it'll be available. Ebook first, I have realized that self-publishing is actually a complicated process 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a really good learning experience for me. And so the ebook is actually available right now. And then the paperback will be available soon. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime soon. Yes. Hopefully awesome. really soon. Awesome. And I'll link everything in the show notes, how to find you and the books and, awesome. and all the things. So the last question on this podcast is always the same. The purpose of Pebbles of Light is to celebrate those relationships that have helped to brighten our path and in turn help us to light the paths of others. So who are one or two people that have placed a pebble of light in your path? Oh, that's such a good question. The first answer that popped into my mind was that couple that we met back on our anniversary trip. We have stayed in touch with them and it's funny because you know, for them, they were just doing what they do. <laughs> they weren't looking to be out there inspiring anybody or anything, but just hearing their story completely set our lives in a whole different direction, in a direction that I would never, ever want to change. <laughs> it has led us to where we are. We spent maybe a week getting to know them, and yet their influence and their example has just made such an incredibly huge difference in our lives, just showing us that there is not just one way to live, that we get to choose our lives and we get to choose what we prioritize in our lives, you know, at least to some degree or another. And it's been a lesson that I am so, so grateful that we learned. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I really loved getting the chance to reconnect with you. We haven't seen each other in, what, four years, you said? Oh yeah. Um, so it's nice to just chat and get caught up a little bit. And I'm excited to be able to share a little bit of your story and have more people find you and follow you and see all those cool adventures you have with your kids just diving into the ocean all the time and, <laughs> and just having a blast out there in American Samoa. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on here, Anne. This was a lot of fun to reconnect. It's good to see your face. <laughs> yeah. And just to catch up and and thank you for sharing our story. It's something that we're passionate about. And I always say, I don't think this is a life for everybody, but I think that everybody should make sure that they are choosing the life that they are living. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. After that interview, is anyone else thinking about moving to an island in the South Pacific? I'm way too much of a logical planner to do that, especially spontaneously, but I'm not going to lie. I did research a few pharmacist jobs in more tropical climates. All right, so the pebble of the week this week is in reference a little bit to one of my favorite talks. I've mentioned it before, I know. It's called Choose Ye This Day to Serve the Lord by Julie B. Beck, and I think it's also included in her book called Joy in the Covenant, which I'll link in the show notes. She says, quote, I was taught years ago that when our priorities are out of order, we lose power. If we need power and influence to carry out our mission, then our priorities have to be straight. Years ago, I began using a system that works for me, and maybe it will work for you. There was a time when I needed to prioritize, and in one of those sacred meetings between me and the Lord, he gave me three categories that I have worked from, and they have been a guide in my life. The categories are, one, the essential things, two, the necessary things, and three, the nice to do things. I started writing those things down, unquote. So how can you do that? Take some time to think about your schedule pre-pandemic versus mid-pandemic. Are there things that you are comfortable not adding back into your schedule? Some of those nice to do things or feeling like you have to do things that you may not have to add back in. In what ways can you make your life a little bit more simple 
and give more time to those essential and necessary things. Be sure to check out the show notes for more resources and for links to social media sites and Melinda's book. Keep looking for those bright spots on your path, and I'll see you in a few weeks. Thank you for tuning in today. More than what has been said, I hope that you've been able to listen to your thoughts and feelings. Maybe you've thought of someone who's brought light to your path. Let them know of your gratitude. Maybe you've been inspired as to how to add some light to your own path or the path of another. Do your best to act on those feelings and impressions. I would love to learn more about you and your experiences. Please come find me on Instagram and Facebook at Pebbles of Light. If you like what you hear, please review so we can spread this light further. You can find show notes and more resources at ammaxon.com. Until next time.